Section 15 of Edward the Black Prince by Louise Creighton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 13 Spanish Campaign. The troops were to collect at docks for the expedition. The Black Prince did his utmost to attach the free companies firmly to him by distributing amongst them the money which he had raised by melting down his plate his father learning his want of money had consented to send him the yearly payment made by the french in consideration of the sum of money still due for king john's ransom this money also was distributed amongst the companies on wednesday the feast of the epiphany when the black prince's preparations for leaving bordeaux were already complete he was rejoiced by the birth of his son richard he stayed to see his child baptized by the archbishop of bordeaux and on the following day his wife had to take leave of him she was filled with anxiety at his departure as the expedition was considered to be full of danger and the herald chandos tells us that she bitterly lamented his departure saying alas what will happen to me if i shall lose the true flower of gentleness the flower of magnanimity him who in the world has no equal to be named for courage i have no heart no blood no veins but every member fails me when i think of his departure but when the prince heard her lamentation he comforted her and said lady cease your lament and be not dismayed for god is able to do all things then he took his leave of her very tenderly and said lovingly lady we shall meet again in such case that we shall have joy both we and all our friends for my heart tells me this then they embraced with many tears and all the dames and damsels of the court wept also some weeping for their lovers some for their husbands the prince and his knights left bordeaux on january tenth and went to docks where the troops were collecting a few days afterwards the prince's brother john of gaunt duke of lancaster arrived at bordeaux with a body of troops which he had brought from england to aid in the expedition he was welcomed with great joy by the princess and her ladies he would not stay however but pressed on to docks where his brother waited his coming foissac tells us that the two brothers were very happy in this meeting for they had much affection for each other and many proofs of affection passed between them and their men meanwhile henry of trastamara had not been idle in preparing for his invasion all spain was on his side and the french king had sent troops to his assistance under his general bertrand du guesclin much romance has been woven around the history of this famous man who was to be the arm by which charles v should free himself from the english and who himself at one time the leader of a free company was to deliver france from the scourge of the companies it is difficult in the story of his life to separate truth from romance he was a breton and in those days it was said that none in france were good soldiers except the bretons and the gascons his origin is obscure and he is supposed to have been the son of a peasant even his most enthusiastic admirers allow him to have been a rough rude man extremely ugly of middle height with a dark complexion and green eyes long arms and large shoulders as a tactician he was far in advance of such simple soldiers as edward the third and the black prince he had advanced beyond the ideas of chivalry where the one aim was to fight bravely he preferred to win by cunning 
if possible and did not care how often he broke his plighted word he was one of a new race of soldiers who sought to win by tactics rather than by hard fighting to avoid a battle rather than risk one still if it were necessary to fight he was always foremost and knew no fear he gave no quarter and thirsted for revenge against his foes the characteristic way in which he always plunged into the thickest of the battle without thinking of his own safety is shown by the fact that he was twice in his life taken prisoner when he had money he was prodigal of it but he was at all times eager for booty and pillage he had fought with success in brittany against the montfort and the english and was now ready to measure his strength with the most renowned captain of his age the black prince charles v king of france to whom history has given the name of the wise only complied with the conditions of the peace of bretigny that time might strengthen his resources while it weakened those of his enemies not a brave soldier himself in the battle of poitiers he was one of those who first sought safety in flight he had no ambition to command his own armies as the other monarchs of his age had done but his wisdom had made him lay his hand upon du guesclin as the fit person to be general in spite of the agreement which the english had made with the king of navarre they were still afraid of him for they heard that he had again begun to treat with henry of trastamara the black prince ordered two of the frontier towns of navarre to be invested with english troops and compelled the king of navarre to accompany the army until it had safely passed through his dominions they crossed the pyrenees by the pass of roncesvalles the passage through these narrow defiles was most dangerous and difficult as it was now the middle of winter the entire army was almost overwhelmed by a frightful snowstorm which overtook them in the mountains they suffered great loss both in men and beasts but at last reached the valley of pamplona where they stopped to recruit their forces whilst they were waiting there the king of navarre as he was riding about was taken prisoner by a french captain he was supposed to have purposely allowed this to happen that he might be freed from all further personal responsibilities as to the war one of his knights however conducted the prince through the kingdom of navarre and provided guides for the army through the difficult mountain roads the army crossed the deep and rapid ebro by the bridge at logrono and encamped near the little town of navarrete don henry and du guesclin were not far off encamped near najera on the little river najeria from navarrete the black prince sent his manifesto to don henry in this he stated that he had come to restore the legitimate king to his throne and expressed his amazement that henry who had sworn allegiance to his brother should have ventured afterwards to take up arms against him and drive him from his rightful throne he called god and st george to witness that he was willing even now to settle the dispute by mediation but if that were refused there was nothing left for it but to fight henry answered on the following day he said that the whole kingdom had fallen away from don pedro and attached themselves to him that it was heaven's doing and no one had a right to interfere he also in god's name and santiago's had no desire for a battle but he forbade the enemy to press any further into his country on their march to logrono the prince's army had suffered much from want of provisions he was therefore eager for a battle as soon as possible 
but the enemy waited to attack till all their troops should have arrived sir william felton went with a body of men to reconnoitre the enemy but was attacked by a large number of french and spaniards and was slain after a most valiant fight sir hugh calvely another of the bravest english knights was also surprised and slain by a large body of spaniards who had gone out under Donteo, henry's brother to reconnoitre the english army these successes filled the spaniards with joy and confidence henry said to his brother i will reward you handsomely for this and i feel all the rest of our enemies must at last come to this pass but on this one of the french knights spoke up and bade him not to be too confident for with the black prince was the flower of chivalry of the whole world all hardy and tough combatants who would die rather than think of flying but he added if you follow my advice you can take them all without striking a blow he then advised henry simply to keep watch over all the passes and defiles so that no provisions could be brought to the english army and when famine had done its work to attack them as they retreated this advice was very sound and would doubtless have been successful if it had been followed but henry was far too impetuous a knight to be content to pursue a policy of inaction he crossed the little river Naharia with his army and spread out his forces in a beautiful open plain which was broken neither by tree nor bush for a great distance the army was divided into three battalions and their front was covered by men who threw stones with slings when all was formed in order henry mounted a handsome mule and rode through the ranks exhorting and encouraging the men the black prince meanwhile was not very far off the previous night he had been encamped at a distance of only two leagues from the enemy and was now marching to meet him in full battle array he crossed a hill to reach the plain where henry's army lay and advanced down a long deep valley the sun was just rising when the two armies came in sight of one another and it was a beautiful sight says Foissart, to see the battalions as they advanced to meet their brilliant armour glittering in the sunbeams the prince mounted a hill that he might see the spaniards and after observing them ordered his army to halt and spread out in line of battle immediately before the battle he raised sir john chandos to the rank of a knight banneret to the great joy of those knights and squires who fought under sir john then the prince spoke a few words to the army to-day sirs he said has as you well know no other termination but in famine for want of food we are well-nigh taken see there are your enemies who have food enough bread and wine and fish salt and fresh from the river and the sea these we must now obtain by dint of lance and sword now let us do such a day's work that we may part from our foes with honour then he knelt down and prayed o very sovereign father who hast made and fashioned us so truly as thou knowest that i am not come hither but to defend the right for prowess and for liberty that my heart leaps and burns to obtain a life of honour i pray thee that on this day thou wilt guard me and my people after which he rose and exclaimed advance banners god defend the right then turning to don pedro he took him by the hand and said certainly sir king to-day you shall know if ever you shall recover castile have firm trust in god then the battle began 
the first battalion of the english army commanded by john of gaunt and chandos engaged the french contingent of the spanish army commanded by du guesclin john of gaunt encouraged his men shouting advance banners advance let us take god to our rescue and each to his honour meanwhile the prince near whom rode don pedro attacked the second division of the spanish army commanded by don Tello. at the first encounter the spanish troops were seized with terror and fled in wild confusion so that the prince was at liberty to engage the main body of the enemy commanded by henry here the spaniards encouraged by the presence of their king fought with much greater bravery the stones thrown with great force from the slings of the spanish foot-soldiers did much harm to their opponents and many were unhorsed by them but the english arrows flew straighter than rain in winter-time and the spanish cavalry began to break before them thrice henry rallied his men but at last it was hopeless and he was obliged to fly du guesclin and his french soldiers also gave the dukes of lancaster and chandos plenty to do chandos was unhorsed and only saved his life by his great coolness and presence of mind the french knights bore themselves most valiantly du guesclin who would never fly even though he saw the day was lost was surrounded and taken prisoner the spaniards and french fled across the river to the town of najara many were killed in crossing the bridge so that the river was dyed red with the blood of men and horses the english and gascons entered the town with them and took many of the knights and killed many of the people in henry's lodgings they found much plate and jewels for he had come there with great splendour the english victory was complete at noon the battle was over and the black prince ordered his banner to be fixed in a bush on a little height as a rallying point for his men on the return from the pursuit the duke of lancaster and others among the knights did the same and the men soon gathered round the different banners in good order the prince bade that they should look among the dead for the body of henry of trastamara and also discover what men of rank had been slain he then descended with don pedro and his knights to king henry's lodgings there they found plenty of everything at which they rejoiced greatly for they had suffered great want before when the men returned from searching the battlefield don pedro was much displeased at hearing that his brother was not among the slain the slaughter had been very great amongst the common soldiers besides those lying dead on the battlefield many were drowned in the river that night the army rested in ease and luxury enjoying plenty of food and wine next morning which was palm sunday pedro's mind was already full of thoughts of revenge he came to the prince and asked that he should give up to him all the spanish prisoners the traitors of his country that he might cut off their heads but the prince answered him sir king i entreat and beg of you to pardon all the ill which your rebellious subjects have done against you thus you will do an act of kindness and generosity and will remain in peace in your kingdom pedro was not in a position to refuse the prince's request since he owed everything to him and he had to pardon all the spanish nobles excepting one who in some manner had earned his special anger and whom the prince gave up to him he was beheaded in front of don pedro's tent before his very eyes the next day the army set out on its march toward burgos and the citizens who knew that resistance was useless opened their gates to don pedro the prince and his army encamped in the plain outside the town 
as there was not comfortable quarters for them all inside here the return of don pedro was celebrated with tournaments banquets and processions and the black prince presided as judge over all the tournaments all castile yielded to don pedro and the black prince might congratulate himself that he had done his work speedily and well he exhorted pedro on every occasion to treat his people well and pardon their revolt from his rule saying to him i advise you for your good if you would be king of castile that you send forth word that you have consented to give pardon to all those who have been against you pedro promised everything he asked and as long as the black prince stayed by his side he did not dare to indulge his desire for vengeance but when the prince had been a month at burgos he began to be impatient to return to his own dominions he had as yet received none of the promised money from pedro in payment of the expenses of the campaign he therefore told the king that he was anxious to return and disband his army and demanded the money to pay his troops pedro said that he fully intended to pay as he had promised but at that moment he had no money at seville however he had a large treasure and if the black prince would allow him to depart he would go and fetch it meanwhile he proposed that the prince and his army should quarter themselves in the fertile country round valladolid he promised to bring him the money at whitsuntide the black prince himself always honest and straightforward was ever ready to trust to others and easily agreed to do as pedro proposed it was a fatal step for once away from pedro's side he lost all hold upon him the prince's army established itself round valladolid and the free companies supported themselves by pillaging the peasants the summer drew on and the army began to suffer from the hot climate disease broke out in the camp and it is said that four out of every five of the soldiers died whitsuntide came but brought no money from pedro the prince grew more and more uneasy at last he sent three of his knights to the spanish king to ask him why he did not keep his promise to them pedro professed great sorrow that he had not been able to send the money sooner and repeated his promises but said that he could not drain his people of money and above all he could not send any money so long as the free companies were in the country for they did so much harm if the prince would send the companies away and only let some of his knights remain he would soon send the money when this answer was brought back to the prince he became very sad for he saw clearly that don pedro did not mean to keep his promises his own health was failing he had been attacked by an illness which was never to leave him bad news was brought him from bordeaux the princess wrote that henry of trastamara was attacking the frontiers of aquitaine his army was rapidly dwindling before his eyes man after man died from the effects of the climate there was nothing for it but to return to bordeaux in sadness he gathered his troops together and felt thankful that he was allowed to pass peaceably through navarre and the dangerous passes of the pyrenees at bayonne he disbanded his army now only a miserable remnant of the magnificent array of troops which he had led into spain he bade them come to bordeaux to receive the payment due to them he said to them that though dom pedro had not kept his engagements it did not become him to act in like manner to those who had served him so well 
on his arrival at bordeaux he was received with solemn processions the priests coming out to meet him bearing crosses the princess followed with her eldest son edward then three years old surrounded by her ladies and knights they were full of joy at meeting one another again and embraced most tenderly and then walked together hand in hand to their abode soon after the prince assembled all the nobles of aquitaine who had joined in this expedition thanked them heartily for their help and distributed among them rich presents of gold and silver and jewels End of section fifteen